Welcome to Harvest to Pour, the business of beverages, with your host, Matthew Shipp. This is the podcast for all of those who are involved in the agriculture all the way to the distribution of beverages. And now your host, Matthew Shipp. Hello and welcome to Harvest to Pour, the business of beverages. I'm your host, Matthew Shipp. And today I am here with Brandon Runk from Course Coffee. He is the owner and roaster. Is that right? That is correct. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Great, great. So go ahead and let, let, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, you know, how you got here. I heard you, you've been around, you've bounced around a bit and how sure. Course came to be. Yeah. So my wife and I moved from central Pennsylvania uh, to here to uh, St. Charles and the end of 2016. And with the anticipation of starting the business um, at that time, I had been roasting kind of more of like for a hobby for ourselves and then kind of just giving away coffee, friends and family and realized that was a very ex expensive hobby, but also, also was very interested in starting up a coffee roasting business and landed here, like I said, with the anticipation of opening uh, the business um, and started roasting right away, got all of our licenses uh, set together. And yeah, here we are seven, almost eight years later. So. So did you set out with the intent to start a coffee business or yes. just any business? You yeah. Sure yeah. With the intent of, of being in St. Charles, but then also like started doing our paperwork as soon as we got so here. You really so, had the intent yeah. to start it. You just, yeah. you just needed the place. Yes. So how that, how that adventure go? That is a good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we knew that we had a few months off until we were going to be able to start selling coffee at the farmer's local farmer's market mm -hmm. here. So that was at the end of April in 2017. So we started, got all of our licenses set in place, started roasting. At that time, we were roasting out of our garage at our house, was able to buy a bigger roaster at that time, which currently sits at our shop as a memento of the thousands of pounds of coffee that I roasted on a, a roaster that was probably not meant to roast that much coffee. So. All right. That answers the question. I was wondering why this small, you're not roasting all your coffee on that little guy, are you? <laughs> No. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we were able to start selling coffee locally to like friends, family, mm -hmm. met some people through other people here in town. And then, yeah, say end of April, hit it like full time mm -hmm. at the farmer's market, not really knowing anyone, which mm -hmm. is, uh, of course, fun. And then also moving from halfway across the country, not literally not knowing anyone. And yeah, it was it was an adventure. <laughs> so how did you find this building? Yeah. So we had been looking in the Frenchtown area for quite a while before we ended up here and we're just walking up and down the streets and we just like it kind of like that. It was a little bit off of the hidden path, you know, kind of a little bit and, but also just still right here in the heart of St. Charles and kind of walked around this building and it was uh, not quite in the shape that it is now, but. <laughs> yeah. You expanded it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we were able to, you know, while we opened here 2019. It was December of 2019. So it was about three months before COVID and which yeah. was probably the most inopportune time to open. But of course we had no idea, but thankfully I think we were, we had built up a good solid following from the farmer's market, which was, was wonderful. And they're great. They still come support us now to this day. Some people that buy, you know, one, two, three bags of coffee every week. Plus, now they get to experience our space here uh, from that 
from that connection. So that definitely helped keep us afloat during that time. We were August. able to expand. Yeah, like you said, able to, we started very conservatively. You know, we opened up one half of the, of the building, uh, which is 1218 North 2nd Street. And through, actually through COVID, we were renovating the other side. Uh, while the project. We were, which, yeah, we were open limited hours because of, of course, curbside and which was, I don't know if I want to say fun time, but <laughs> yeah, used my cell phone as the means of business and, you know, thankful that, that people are certainly healthy and getting back to hopefully what is a normal life yeah. post-COVID. So you got your start with the farmers mar- in the farmer's yes. markets. Now, were you already selling before you had the building? Uh, yes. Okay. So yes. How long we was were. that? So yeah, you- we, we literally started selling January 1st, 2017. I met a couple of local businesses here in St. Charles. Sugar Cube, sadly, they've uh, decided to sell their business mm-hmm. and they're like an online business now, but they were our first commercial account. They bought coffee from us. I want to say that was like February of 2017. Wow. Met them through another person, just found out there was a candy shop and I kind of have a sweet tooth. So I uh, got talking with her and they had, uh, they used, I think maybe Intelligentsia coffee. Mm-hmm. I just was like, hey, you know, we're a local coffee roaster. Gave her a few samples mm-hmm. and they started buying coffee from us. Uh, also met Joe from Valenti's Deli very early on, like end of January. And they started buying coffee from us and still do now at Novellus to this day. So yeah, kind of, I talk a lot. So <laughs> it's a, probably good for business, right? Yeah, it helps. It helps. <laughs> Telling your story all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah story's just, a big deal. It, it is, it is uh, Matthew. And yeah, and we just are passionate about coffee. And it kind of, also, it was almost like, it was destined to be because it would be people like, you know, we ha- we sell coffee. And then I remember the one guy saying, but we don't really sell great coffee. And it was like, well, I can maybe help with that. Yeah. Like <laughs> not even knowing that we do this as a profession. So, yeah. So well, taking that journey from the, the farmer's markets and eventually opening your shop here, your coffee shop, what were some of the bigger challenges you ran into on, along the way? Yeah, that's a uh, great question. Obviously, there's any, you know, there's. Lot of challenges when you're opening up a business or starting a business, or in this case, having a specific uh, space, excuse me, that is purposed for like our vision. We we run into obviously some some challenges with doing you know the work. I mean, it was it was a challenge. You know, we had to raise them to do the work to get it to look the way that we to. Obviously, when people come in here, they're able to see that we purpose this space to be to to feel like welcome like this is a safe space this is a space of you know exploration you know not just the coffee but also the map on the window you know mm-hmm. when you walk through the door which is what's a local artist who drew a topographical map on our on our windows to you know the different things about coffee walls but yeah most of it was really just i'd say the biggest struggle was Finding, you know, getting the money, raising the money to get ready to open. And we did, you know, we kind of took our time, which we were thankful that we were able to take, started doing renovations on the building in August of that year of 2017. Sorry, 2019, I apologize. And then opened in in, uh, December. So yeah, so it took a few months, you know, Mm -hmm. to get things. The the house was, uh, it's old 1890s house, you know. 
and it had been unoccupied for a little while. So. <laughs> Some extra cleaning to do. Yes, a lot of extra cleaning. Sadly, they covered the, the brick walls with the plaster. And so we took that off ourselves and uh, it was, was fun, you know, uh, very dusty. We were renting the space and our landlord had to upgrade the HVAC system, things like that. So mm-hmm. that just took time. Yeah, but we were ready. We were ready for it. So, okay. uh, course. So what, what's in the name course? Awesome. That's a great question too. So we kind of had tossed around a few different names, my wife and I. And we, we ended up deciding on course because we, we know how much coffee has to do with different people's course of life, like their, their path from, you know, of course the coffee farmers and then to the coffee importers and Mm -hmm. people that are working coffee on the ground to obviously bringing the coffee here to, of course, the roasting process, which is part of creating the magic, you know, it goes, there's so many different hands that touch the coffee. Then of course, to the, the actual like barista who is creating the final end coffee that we just wanted a name that had to do with like an individual's course of, Mm -hmm. of coffee and also how it connects people through different avenues in life, you know, and like, like I was talking to you earlier about meeting different people in coffee, you know, in a coffee bar, you know. And you never know who you're going to meet. It could be the president of a sports team or it could be like anyone, you know, it's just kind of neat. And then people are all there to do something, to do some, whether it's a lot, some type of work or just simply experience the atmosphere and the coffee. Really celebrating everyone's journey yeah. through coffee. Absolutely. Oh, that's really nice. So right now, what would you say currently, you've been at this since what, 2017, 2019, yeah. okay is your current biggest challenge you're having? That's a good, a good question. I think right now, our current, the thing that probably would be the biggest challenge would be learning how to kind of scale up as we're growing. Growing pains can be a good thing, right? But also, you know, staffing and, you know, bigger equipment. Yeah, it's, that's, I would say that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, talking about some of your challenges you're seeing with scaling. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it's, you know, Staffing, staffing appropriately, I'd say finding, finding staff that's, that's what also hears our heart and sees our vision for, for coffee. You know, we really take it to heart and that the person is, is like wanting to serve someone. It's like, Hey, this is a business where we're like, you know, we appreciate you being here. You know, we value you as a person, as a human being, and as a person that may or may not have ever tried specialty coffee. I think that's kind of the fun fun thing about about this place in our hearts is that like you know we've met everyone from people that still are currently drinking Folgers coffee to someone who's like even farther than us you know as a coffee roaster which is actually really kind of cool because it's like I feel like it kind of also helps us stay humble it's like you know we have a lot to learn still even as the business owners right it's like so yeah staffing definitely part of it and I also think you know training keeping up on training, keeping up on like the, the industry standards, trying to also forge ahead through, through those things. That's a great question. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a very, it seems to be a theme across yeah. a lot of my, my, my guests. Sure. So this is not a definitely unheard, unheard of problem. It's, it's, it's been interesting. I've, I've gotten to work with some people, very similar situations and 
a lot of a lot of things I've found is your the 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 staff have a lot more. They're almost like they're little consultants, right? And a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> and I've I've been able to um, work with people to help get that out of them. Awesome. So, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> going going on here. Are you well, speaking of that, you said you're still learning. So, yeah. what are some of the bigger lessons you've learned that you'd love to share with somebody wanting to start a coffee shop? Sure. Yeah, I think some of the things that I've learned that you know, is that be open to making mistakes. You know, that's going to be part of a business. You're going to try things that you're like, hey, is this a good idea? Maybe it's not necessarily a bad idea, but it's not the most wise choice to do. I think that like we've, we take it, take into consideration people's, people's opinions, right? That's, that's okay. But also you have to stay true to like what it is that you want to do with the business. And if you have a core value or like a vision for what you want to do, stay, stay true to that. I think that's been the thing that I've had some friends. In fact, um, sadly, one of my mentors has passed on since, uh, since we started the business, but he was basically very adamant at write down what it is that you want to do and then really stay true to that. And that's probably the thing I would want to pass on to someone, you know, maybe starting a business or just, you know, really Kind of like knowing who you are first before you can really release that to the mm-hmm. world, right? Oh, that's that's a good one. Know thyself. So we're going to go, this is a course, as you talked about, is a, all these journeys, especially through coffee. I'm going to uh, have you walk us through your journey from harvest to pour. Yeah. So let, take us through uh, how you source your coffees, sure. how you make your coffee uniquely yours, sure. because there's so many craft roasters specialty roasters out there. How do you make coarse? Coarse, and of course, and of course, <laughs> no pun intended. How, you know, how does your staff treat your coffee to your customers? And how do you know your customers like what, like what they like? Yeah, that's... That was a long question there. We'll break it back up. <laughs> it's all good. It's a great question. Yeah, so I, honestly, I really have a heart for connecting with people that are... It's almost like finding the people that are just as passionate as us at their craft, but it's a different craft, you know, mm-hmm. like there are coffee farmers and coffee importers that through just simply conversation, you know, I found out they're like, you know, Hey, we're doing this with this farm in this country. And also we're giving, it's, it's a you know, off season. We're doing this with them, but if we're able to sell this much coffee to you and to other roasters, we're able to ensure that they have their finances for like the whole year you know, for, for part of the year. So it's almost like it's like mission. It's a mission oriented where like now when we first started out, it was, it was certainly much harder to, to make those connections out of just simply lack of funds. But now as we're growing, we're able to secure more coffee with an with importer. And like, for instance, a good example is this Costa Rica that we have now. It's a five families that work within this one organization and the coffee is just phenomenal. But what really drew me to them was that she told me her story and how they got started. And I was like, that's interesting. It's very similar to like my wife and I and how we got started. And she's like, it's, it's really hard, but like, you know, this, we can only produce this much coffee this year. And I was like, great, you know, we'll take half of it. And she's like, that's great because then they can take that money and get ready for next year. Mm-hmm. 
And then since then, you know, we've grown quite a bit and they've gotten contacts with other roasters. So they're able to sell all of that coffee in that time. And the same thing with some of our other uh, companies that we work with, like it's, it's, there's like a level of transparency. It's like, Hey, this is the size that we're at. We're like, great. Hey, this is the size that we're at. We might not be able to take all of the coffee, but like, it's okay. We love that people can share, right? It's, I think that coffee roasting is, is a unique quality, right? But it's like one aspect of coffee. It's like we're looking for and we're seeking for quality across the board, then we're looking for coffees that are quality, you know, Mm -hmm. of quality, right? So we'll get sent a sample and we'll sample roast it. And if it peaks our interests, we're like, hey, you know, let's talk more about this. And then we go from there and we talk to them about, about the coffee and we'll be like, hey, it's almost like the prices, but it's like, it's not the most important because it's, it's the quality and you can't skimp on that. I kind of think from day one, we, we put all the pressure on ourselves. I was like, look, I better learn how to roast coffee properly. Right. Because if it doesn't taste good. It's on me, you know, and maybe I have thick skin or maybe I'm whatever. It's like, <laughs> but I think when you seek out those things in the people and, you know, so specifically the coffee farmers and then the importers, you find them. If I'm looking for a specific taste profile. You simply, you talk to them about it. You're like, Hey, I'm looking for this, for this purpose. And like, we looked for a specific coffee for our nitro for the summer. And it was like, I want like strawberries and cream. And the importer was like, absolutely. And he sent us a sample of this coffee. It's a natural processed coffee from Indonesia, from East Timor. And it's perfect. It's, I think you, you seek for specific things. You're going to, you're going to find them. Um, but we look for those same qualities in the staff too. It's like people that are not only qualified, but also curious, how can we continue to grow uh, together? Because it's like, we want them to take part in what we're doing here. Um, that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it was great. I like how you tied it to your, your what you're looking for in staff, where you know you have that curiosity, you kind of, and then from that kind of comes the passion, because you can always you notice that curiosity, you can always teach the technique. It's very true. So, good. So as far as, oh yeah, have you had the opportunity to have any of these families visit you or you visit them yet? Uh, yes, you yes, have. actually. Last month I had, there was an importer who we work with uh, from, his company is based in DC, but um, he's in Nicaragua quite quite a bit out of the year, came and he was in, actually in town for another purpose, but he was like, you're how far from the airport? I'm like, just 10 minutes, you know? So I got a chance to meet with him, talk with him. And um, talk about coffees, but also we ended up plane got delayed, so we went out to dinner, which was kind of fun. Just getting to also know him too. Last couple of weeks ago, had a chance to taste some coffees from a Burundi importer. She's from Burundi, and got a chance to meet her in person, which was a lot of fun. Then we sampled fifteen of their coffees, and they're just absolutely phenomenal coffees. So yeah, I have had a chance, and it's it's awesome. You know. How are, the, how are those in-person meetings? Do they help develop your appreciation for what they do, their coffee? Definitely, definitely does. I, I think meeting someone in person, it's like this woman I've talked to on the phone for like six months and never got a chance to meet her. I actually saw her at a coffee convention, but it was very busy. And I was like, oh, I'll call later. I didn't wanna, it it would have been a while until I actually got yeah. to her. But um, yeah, it, it just it like puts a face to the, the, the company. And then you get to hear... Uh, it was a small group of cup, cupping coffees. So it was like, 
getting to like, you know, it's like, how's your family? And they're like, how's your, how's your life? It's, you know, we're kind of like all one big family. So, um, and we really need each other. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, this is, this is awesome, you know, and building that relationship. And, and you of course want those relationships to sustain. Um, and there's no reason why they can't, you know, so. That's great. Great ecosystem, I guess, developing. Yeah. As far as developing your own product and making it uniquely yours, you're looking for these certain pl flavor profiles and you're roasting those. What are some of the challenges you've been running it? Do you run into while getting, tuning that into what you want and to make your horse coffee? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I think challenges are, I would say one, one of the bigger challenges would be, again, being a smaller company. And looking for these things, sometimes bigger companies kind of jump on coffees really fast. And so that was definitely a challenge. Definitely earlier on, it still is today, but much more early in our, our days. Now that we're growing, we're able to reserve some coffee or even, for instance, we have a coffee coming in in November that we've been waiting a whole year for because they sold out before we could get it last year, oh, <laughs> which is, yeah, it's wonderful, but it's also, you know, um, a little frustrating because you're like, oh, I kind of really want it right now. But it's like, well, it's already sold out. Now that we've bought coffee from them for a couple of years, it's like, hey, could we be put on the list for coffees coming in next year? Absolutely. Um, because we wanted to use that coffee for a specific pur purpose. I think what we're really trying to do is present the coffee in the method that we believe is going to allow it to really be experienced in its fullness. That doesn't mean that you can't experience one coffee in all those ways, but it's like, hey, we're going to bring in this coffee specifically for espresso. Hey, we're going to bring this coffee specifically in for pour overs or cold brew or nitro or flash brew. You know, there's so many different methods, which is why we have so many different coffees, right? But yes, yes. All right, great. And going back to, we're going to the into the pour now, and sure. this always translates into how your baristas treat the coffee. So like I said, this journey of getting this coffee from halfway across the world to here to roasting it to now presenting it. What, is, what do you push to influence your baristas into what this coffee is, educate them to try to find the right words and just can't find them on it? Yeah. Basically, how do you instill that passion for coffee? Yeah. Again, like kind of like reiterating that question that we had just previously talked about like it's it's like the passion is definitely there which is good and it's almost like you keep like fanning that flame of passion mm -hmm. right so it's like hey we got these samples and let's taste these samples and they're like oh my gosh it's wild you know like hey let's try it as an espresso shot and almost like i feel like sometimes i'm just like a little kid it's like oh man this is wild trying something for the first time that you're like I didn't think I could get these flavors from coffees, but you do. And it's like it, all the different processes that are going on now in the world and different different farms that are doing specific processes that are experimental. It's like, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be in coffee. But I also think like Sarah and my wife and I, they can see our passion. And it's like, you can kind of tell from the first introduction that like, hey, this person's going to be like um, really interested in, in learning more or becoming, of course, becoming a better barista, but also just, you know, becoming more curious about all the flavors that you could taste, you know, from different coffees. I'd say you def we definitely certainly look for those qualities, but also it kind of work at a company and you're like, the people at the top are like, all right, this is hot, this is fun. Now, it, of course, it's still work and, you know, it can be, and we have some long days here, you know, mm -hmm. but like we're having fun. Like we're, 
we're experiencing it's it's an experience you know every day you're drinking the ph balance of the earth it's like this is you know it's alive right mm -hmm. so yeah that's i hope i hope i answered the question no it's great because the follow-up is how do you ensure that your, your customers are really enjoying your coffee what keeps them coming back about the coffee i, I know you have the, the ambiance and the and the, the culture yeah. but what about the coffee how do you help ensure offering sure that's a great question because i feel like roasters are like every roaster right we're like hey let's bring in this odd experimental coffee it's again you know it's like well, why not bring in the honey processed Sumatra? It's like, I didn't even know they did that. It's like, wait, they, they do. do. We got one last year and we brought in coffee from Myanmar and from Laos and it's like China. We brought in the coffee from China last year. And it's like, yes, they, they grow coffee. Their specialty market is, is like up and coming, mm -hmm. right? You know, to kind of like keep people even more curious and then bringing in coffees that are very unique in their their profiles keeps us like some barbaristas like I never had that coffee before. you know isn't it awesome that we're getting to experience that all together i think that that brings everything whole where it's like hey like let's experience this all together like it's fun for us it's fun for them but you know we like to think of them as thanks you know of course thanks for helping us grow and get to this to this point but also let's let's have fun right let's, let's enjoy this together it's it's for us but it's for all of us. It's like, hey, I might be the what? one that's roasting the coffee, but we're all the ones that experience. Totally. And with your team, I, you, uh, how does communication play into the success? Of course, yeah, communication is is key. You know, like I said earlier about, you know, of course, communicating with the coffee farmers and the importers. Um, communication is really everything. It's it's communicating. You know, of course, the needs of like the day to, hey, what's Let's experiment with a new drink. Let's try something for you know, like the fall. Like right now, we're experimenting with with drinks and different um, di different things. Like let's try a something. Last year we tried some sweet potatoes. We're like that sounds delicious. You know, it's like I didn't even I haven't heard of that too much. Right? I haven't this heard of that weird. one either. Let's do it. Communicating with them about like, hey, you know, what's something that you want to try? It's like allowing, uh, really encouraging them to take on that part of the business themselves. It's like, hey, this is yours. Do whatever you want. Like, You're talking about the baristas. About the baristas, okay. yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, we were talking about experimentations. How does collaborations and experimentations influence your process? Yeah, I'd say that it influences it a lot. Not, I wouldn't say like I'm actively seeking it out, mm -hmm. but you know, just through conversation, I met someone who owned a vineyard locally and they were like, we want to do a coffee wine. I'm like, that sounds wild. Why not? You know, <laughs> so we did it. And this actually is, will be the second year that we're going to do it uh, with them. And now we're going to do a coffee porter. And it's like, that sounds amazing. You know, we met a guy locally who, who um, is doing mead. And um, since then, we've had four or five different variations of coffee mead, you know, and we've done a, quite a few beers with different companies. We do an, a beer annually with Third Wheel. Uh, it, but it's an IPA, and we both were like, "That's different." Mm -hmm. You don't see a lot of coffee IPAs, but and they're good, they're yeah. delicious, you know. And she's like, "Hey, I'm trying this flavor profile." And I'm like, "That's perfect. I got this coffee. It, it's a fantastic cold brew." And she's like, "Great." I met a local guy. He's working on a coffee liqueur with him and his company. So yeah, just again, just, just experimenting. It's like, is it going to go well? Yeah, why not? Know, <laughs> do you bring a lot of that back when you're with your roasting and it's 
discovering new flavor profiles. Oh, absolutely. That come, okay. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, while we're talking about coffee and all these really cool flavors and such, what are we drinking right now? So I did for you a natural processed El Salvador, which is one of our going to be one of our new offerings for the fall. I think it's like the perfect fall coffee. Yeah, I'm getting of, a lot of cranberry from it. I was going to say cherry, cranberry, uh, yeah. lime, maybe. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I was getting all of that. And then I'm a big cold brew fan. So I actually have some nitro right now, which yeah. is the Eastern. Yeah. And we're working on a lot of, a lot of collaborations. There's a potential to open up a, a second location as maybe almost more of like a, kind of like a satellite bar, but it's definitely going to be like different um, than what we're doing here. There's also opportunity to partner with, with uh, someone who's doing stuff with tobacco. Huh. I am a big fan of cigars, so the the fact that it's a possibility is gets me really excited. <laughs> and yeah, just continuing to grow our team here, and hopefully expanding here with St. Charles and just yeah, locally. We really we really love the local here. Right, you're I, walking I right no... into my next question. So that's <laughs> perfect. You know, how, what's the impact you want to make on the community here? It's it's everything. It really is. I mean, most of our business is is people walk their houses, right? Which is awesome. You know, and then of course as we've as we are right here on a main street on Second Street in St. Charles, people coming in from 370, people discovering us from 70, you know, coming into town, going out of town. Really, it's just continuing to like grow with the community as as this community here is growing and the city is really focused in, on bringing French the French town area of St. Charles back to like its former glory I feel like that's awesome for us I mean we truthfully didn't even know that that <laughs> when we decided that we wanted to open here but like knowing that it's exciting because that more businesses are open here which is really great because it's really a walking community you know we're along the river the city de desires to extend the river walk through uh, Second Street, so it's like, well, that's awesome. Because one day people are going to walk up from the river here through through Second Street. I mean, I think it's vital that we just stay true to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you know, we are we're a local spot, right? We're a local coffee coffee bar, and you know, listen to them, right, and learn and grow with. Them. Yeah. yeah. And for the listener, if you've never been to French Town or downtown St. Charles, it just it is a very much a walking town, old buildings, a brick street still. And lots of neat shops to find along the way. So definitely something to experience. Definitely. Yeah. So what are some of the trends you're seeing in the beverage industry right now, especially in coffee? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, actually. I'd say def I definitely see a lot more um people roasters and coffee coffee shops, coffee bars, like kind of experimenting with like coffee cocktails and different um things like that. It's exciting because it's like seeing things that you're like, that's awesome. That's something I've thought about, but seeing someone do it is like, why not? Let's, let's try it. And, um, almost like encouraging each other to like, let's keep experimenting within the bounds of coffee and like, see what happens, yeah, okay. see what comes from it. So I definitely have seen that a lot. Interesting. Yeah. I just ran into a blog I've kind of bookmarked, haven't read yet. That was the, the, the statement was why fruit juices and coffee belong together. So I'm really curious that's about that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those espresso pour yes. over oranges. And yeah. But yeah, yeah. I was kind of curious. All right. We're getting down to the last couple of questions here. And one of them is the hardest question for any guest. What is your favorite beverage? Yeah. So I'm a black coffee person. I, it could, could be 115 degrees outside. I would drink a pour over in the morning yeah. every every morning. Yeah. That would be my favorite beverage. 
I've grown to really appreciate espresso as wife, one business partner, and some of our baristas are really into espresso, but not even stuff with milk. I'd say more just like the appreciate the coffee and how it presents itself as espresso since we started business. But I've been a black coffee guy since the mid nineties. So, Wow. Mid nineties. Yeah. So before coffee was actually <laughs> really good. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say that coffee has come a long way yes. since then. Oh yes. It wasn't instant coffee, was it? It was not okay, instant okay, coffee, but sure. it was, it wasn't specialty coffee and it was not great tasting, truthfully. All right. What if somebody wants to try your coffee, but they're not in the area? How would they go about finding it? Yeah. So you can, on our website, coursecoffeeroasters.com, we do offer a subscription. So it's a monthly subscription. So you can get it that, that get that. Or we do have, we just would mail coffee to you. Mm-hmm. We have all of our current offerings available and yeah changes quite a bit but yeah okay yeah and on top of that you want to just describe where you said you have your one location right now yes here in frenchtown and looking to scale but in the meantime do you have anything coming up yeah uh, events promotions we do we do we have a couple events coming up we actually the coffee ipa release is going to be september 23rd and then we're actually going to do a separate event for the release here at our coffee bar in mid-october we have a brewing class September 8th, so it's going to be fun. We brought in the special coffee for that class mm. and just um, to show how the coffee presents itself on a few different brewing methods, which is awesome and fun. And here, we have a few new coffees coming in, so we'll do a release for those. And then, of course, the drink menu will be September 15th. So we're going to do our new all fall oh, yeah. menu mm-hmm. then, which is fun because then we get the get to experiment with different flavors and try things uh, for the fall as the weather starts to get a little bit cooler, thankfully. So I'd usually kind of end it right here, but I'm really curious, what, what's involved in your uh, coffee class? Yeah. So we, we offer quite a few different coffee classes and have uh, pretty much since the start. This one specifically, we brought in a natural processed coffee from Nicaragua, which I'm very excited about. has a very like Concord grape and almost like hibiscus quality to it as we've been tasting it. And I've really enjoyed it as all of the different brew methods, specifically espresso. It's a very, very nice, almost savory espresso. And we did a class last month uh, on different brewing methods and it literally sold out in one day. So we were like, let's do it again. And then this class sold out in less than 12 hours. Uh, So we're like, maybe we'll do another one, even though I want to do a different class, but I also want to do classes um, on cupping coffees, like how we evaluate coffees, how the, right. the coffee industry evaluates coffees, um, but almost very like, not super formal, very informal, really allow people the chance to ask questions, not just, hey, go around the room and slurp coffee and, and choke on it, because it's kind of what happens when you, when you slurp coffee very, very fast, you know? And yeah, which is, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I imagine your baristas get a lot out of it as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yep. Oh, great. That was great. I definitely look into those glasses, guys. So finally, again, thanks for having me out here, of course. It's been wonderful talking to you. And yeah, thanks again for your time, Brandon. So, no, thank you for your time. This is a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Talk Take to you care. later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Harvest of Poor, the business of beverages with Matthew Shep. Check the show notes for our guest contact information and connect with Matthew Shep on LinkedIn today.